Hello, everybody. We are talking today about being an artist and a parent. If you would like to grow as an artist and you can take an art class, we've got everything you need at Art Prof, critiques, tutorials, professional development, and workshops. Tell me in the chat who here is a parent in addition to being an artist. And we're going to have a really casual chat about what that is like, because I oftentimes think that the art world is designed for people who are not parents. And I discovered that recently because I was looking into artist residencies, because those are a great opportunity to take some time away and work on some projects. But so many artist residencies were minimum three months. And then some of them would be nine months or a whole year. I mean, there really were not any residencies that were a reasonable amount of time if you care about your kids. <laughs> I don't even think I could find one that was two weeks. And so after searching so much for a residency that was reasonable for being a parent and doing something that's worthwhile artistically, I just gave up. It's like, there's no options. I'm basically going to have to wait until my kids are out of the house to even consider any of these residencies. And I find that so frustrating that there's just a lot of situations for professional things you can do as an artist, and they just do not align with being a parent. I think I'm lucky that I have a spouse who supports us. And that's really the only reason I was able to work as an adjunct in academia. And I cannot imagine being on my own and taking care of kids and trying to have that type of career. And it frustrates me so much because I love my kids and they're so, so important to me. But I'm also an artist and I have things that I want to do and it can be very frustrating sometimes. So tell me in the chat, what has been your challenge in terms of balancing those two things? Because they oftentimes are just butting heads <laughs> nonstop. I mean, we can start at the beginning and say that when I had my first kid, I didn't do any artwork for a good year. And I don't think it was until my youngest kid was three that I started to feel like I was back to normal as an artist. And that's a really long time because my kids are two years apart. I mean, I really felt like it was a good five years before I felt like myself again as an artist. I mean, I was doing stuff. After things had settled down, my kid was a little bit older. I felt like I was doing a little bit, but I wasn't really back to being an artist until the kids were in preschool. But even then, I just felt like things were so fragmented. And day to day, that's what I struggle with the most, actually, is finding periods of time when I can do deep work, which I think is absolutely necessary 
to be productive as an artist because I can do stuff. But does everybody know what I'm saying? That you can work on things and then you can really work on things. And I find those deep work periods nearly impossible for me to have as a parent. Somebody always needs something. <laughs> Someone needs a ride. I mean, my kids, I'm constantly just driving them around now because they're teenagers. But the constant interruptions drive me nuts. <laughs> Who here has that issue? You don't even be a parent to have that issue. It's just an artist issue, which is finding that mental space. Because you know something? That mental space, it takes time to get there. I can't just, boom, be in that workflow. It takes me a good 30 minutes. But for me, by the time 30 minutes have passed, it's, somebody has asked me for something. And Neil says, my mom gave up any hopes for a career just for her family. Well, many women have done that for years and years and years. And sometimes people have very little control over what they end up doing depending on their circumstance. So I do feel lucky that I have a spouse who supports me and has made it possible for me to do that. I don't think a lot of people have that. Ginger says, I can't imagine making art as a parent. I don't have kids and I barely have time for art. You say that, but then <laughs> once you have a baby in front of you and you're like, oh my God, I'm responsible for this person's life, you just do it. Because I remember when I was younger, I used to say the same thing. I used to say, oh my gosh, I can barely take care of myself. But it's funny when you become a parent, that time to be an adult is very slim. <laughs> I, just, I can remember this. Maybe some of the parents can tell me if this is true for you too. But when you're just hanging out with toddlers and babies all day, you just start to really crave adult conversations. I found that really difficult. And that made it really hard for me. I mean, I love babies, don't get me wrong. But after a little while, you just start craving adult interactions. 7A says, just watching friends who are parents. Wow, I'm amazed you guys are awake and upright. Honestly, props to you all. I have to say, anybody who's a parent, if your kids are alive, and you got up in the morning, you're a superhero. I think anybody who's a parent knows it, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. I mean, I went to art school and I did all those late nights working and I worked like crazy and I never thought life could get more intense than that. And that, that was just a cakewalk <laughs> compared to being a parent. Because when you're an art school student and you're sleep deprived, you can sleep in on Saturday. Your kids don't sleep in <laughs> for a really, really long time. <laughs> Pat says, after my kids go to bed, I have two to three hours for art. Everything has to fit into that time. And by then I'm exhausted. I think to a certain degree, there's an urgency <laughs> when you have kids and you have these very specific time periods when you can get things done. And if you don't get it done in that period, you're not going to get it done. And to a certain degree, that can feel stressful. But in some ways, I think it has made me really appreciate that time because I know it's so precious and it doesn't come along very much. And I think as a reaction to that, 
I, I've had to just say, okay, Clara, shut up. You just got to work. And I never did that before. I think when I was younger, I spent a lot more time eh, sort of settling in and doing my thing. And I don't do that anymore. I'm like, I've got one hour. Let's do it now. <laughs> so in some ways, maybe I'm a little bit more efficient because I, you just don't have a choice. That's pretty much the way it is. Jane says it was a whole lot harder to do any art when my kids were zero to five. When they were five and three, they were finally able to play without me being there every second. So that's when I could pick it up again. Oh, I know the age changes everything. I just remember being so relieved when my kids started going to school all day, because even in preschool, they were only going, I don't know, three hours at a time. And I didn't have time to go home. I would just go to the library and work on some things. So the age definitely makes a difference. And maybe you older parents can assure me that some time is going to come up. Because actually, the, the funny thing, Pat, as you said, you have those hours after your kids go to bed. When your kids are teenagers, you lose that time. That time disappears. Because you know what? My kids are up all night. And so I'll sometimes have to go pick up my kid at 1am. And when my kids were young, I knew like, okay, eight o'clock, I'm set, we can do things. And it's like, we don't have that time anymore. And so in some ways, it's harder, because we don't have a, oh, we're done for the day. It just never ends. <laughs> then again, it is really nice that you don't have to potty train them. <laughs> and yes, Lisa, it was amazing to have, although <laughs> the funny thing is that even when they're in school, there's so much stuff. There's early dismissal or your kid gets sick or, oh my gosh, even you think you're sort of in the clear to have that time and you don't because just so many things just come up with kids that you could plan all day to make sure everything's in place and something will go wrong. I mean, that's just part of being a parent. Karasu says, I'm hoping to do freelance work so I can be at home with my future child, especially since I'm planning to adopt from foster care. Oh, I really like that you're already thinking about that, Karasu. So many kids who need homes. Anna says, I decided a long time ago that I was going to choose being an artist over being a parent, I knew I couldn't do both well. Being a dog parent and an aunt satisfies my nurturing needs. Oh, being a parent is not <laughs> for everybody. It's really, I have to say, anybody who's questioning for a second whether they want to be a parent, I feel like just don't do it. <laughs> I know it sounds really weird because it's like you get into being a parent because you love your child and you love having this family, but they can just destroy your <laughs> sense of identity. <laughs> I mean, I really felt like I wasn't myself for a really long time. And just the whole structure of parenthood just like wrecks you. And I, I'm lucky I don't live in a circumstance that is extremely trying. So I, I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to be a parent and not have the things that I have. I'm very lucky in that way. Have a seat. Mari says, I go to my local library to do collage workshops with my almost three-year-old. The librarians seem receptive 
and my child to get involved, I lucked out. Actually, when my kids were really young, since when they were babies, we went to the library like every day. The library was our saving grace because it was a place to go. So I wasn't just stuck at home. And it was a place where on the weekends, they'd have these lap sits where you would take your baby, you'd take your toddler and you would sit and play games and stuff like that. I mean, that was such a nice thing to have because after spending so much time with your kid at home, it just feels like the worst cabin fever ever. And so you have to find reasons to leave the house. And then the other thing too, is actually being a parent totally changed the way that I worked as an artist because I was just so paranoid about anything when I was pregnant that I actually stopped oil painting because I was just worried about it. I mean, maybe there's a way to do it, but I just didn't want to risk it. So actually at the time when I had my first kid, I was doing a lot of oil painting. I'd finished graduate school. I was feeling like, oh, I wanted to get back into painting and I had done quite a few paintings, but I actually decided to just stop it when I was pregnant. And actually that is when I started doing those crayon drawings from the waiting series because I said to myself, okay, I can't deal with all the housekeeping with oil paint. I didn't want to risk the fumes and stuff like that. So I just decided to start drawing because it just made more sense. And you know, it's funny, I never went back <laughs> to oil painting. I got so excited about those crayon drawings that I was doing and really involved in the process that I just didn't go back. And some people might say, oh, that's a bummer that you never went back, but to me, that was just a way my life pivoted because I was having kids. And I think for those of you who don't have kids, I think it's a really good sign that your life is very interwoven with your work. And sometimes your life situation does dictate how you work as an artist, whether it's in terms of subject matter or the material. But I'm so glad because honestly, I don't think I was a very good painter. <laughs> I think it was good for me to realize that, oh, I'm much better at drawing. And that's largely what I've focused on. I've done quite a bit of printmaking and everything, but that was really the turning point where I left oil painting behind and decided to pursue all the stuff I was doing with drawing. Jane says, my main painting time is after dinner for an hour, if I have the energy. My husband cleans the kitchen and my kids are doing their own thing that I probably should do more with them than, oh my gosh, Jane, the guilt. I mean, there's already parent guilt to begin with everywhere, even if you're not an artist. And it's really hard because part of you says, I need this. I need to be an artist. I need to stay with my studio practice or I'm going to wither up and die. But then another part of you says, wow, I need to spend this time with my kids. They're only going to be this age, this one time. If I wait too long, I'm going to miss that opportunity. And so that's always a really big problem where you want both, but your life doesn't always let you do both. And you can substitute that for anything in your life, because I think most people have something else some other passion or some part of their lives that is important to them. And then 
against the artwork. I mean, tell me in the chat, does anybody feel this way? Sometimes when I make my own work, I sometimes feel self-indulgent. I always feel like, oh, there are these other things that are more important. I should work on getting more revenue for ArtProf so we're more financially stable. I should take care of myself more <laughs> and go to the gym and do all these things. But it's like at a certain point, you can't just keep putting off your practice because I know if I do that, I lose my mind a little bit. <laughs> so who here has that feeling that almost like I, I feel a little selfish for doing my own work because I know that's just for me. It's not to help anybody else necessarily. And I feel like it's always hard for me to say my, my work comes first. I can't ever say that. There's too many other things that feel like they come first, but then I have to have some of that or I go nuts. And E. LeMaster says, way to go. Finding a creative time to paint. I have kids too, and I paint while sitting in the hallway, waiting for them to fall asleep. Like right now, <laughs> I love it. You do what you have to do. And I think that sort of goes back to what we were saying about the practicality of things that I know for a lot of parents who have come to me and asked for help. And I've actually said to them, listen, just don't make big stuff anymore. Because once you start making larger artworks, it does become harder to do the work. Like you have to be in a certain place. Whereas if you have an iPad, you can take that with you anywhere. And sometimes it, it is like, oh, I got 10 minutes. <laughs> I can do this one little thing. And that portability is very, very important. What I find is difficult is having a continuous train of thought. Parents, tell me if this is the case and everybody else, tell me if you struggle with this too, which is basically the fragmentation of life that I lose continuity so fast. So I'll be working on a piece and I'm really into it. And I think I'm going somewhere and I'm like, oh, I want to work on it. And then something happens and I can't work on it for a few weeks. And like, that just kills me. And then I go back and work on it. And it's been so long that I can't remember what I was doing. And so I oftentimes feel like in my studio practice, it's just these little spurts. And I never get that continuity that I need to really engage on a deeper level. And I find that very frustrating. And that's life. That's not even specific to having kids. It's just having kids is like worse where they just can like walk in to, I mean, I do that on purpose. I leave my office door open so they know they can come see me, but it's, some days it's like, oh my God, look at this beaver video. I'm like, please, like, this is not really that important right now. Yeah. Well, this is an excellent point from Lisa though, which, I try to remind myself, I need to remember it more. Lisa says, it's good for your kids to see you pursue something and that you are a person. One hour sounds reasonable. That is very true that a lot of people have told me, and I think this is great advice, is that actually one of my friends from Massachusetts would say to me, Clara, the most important thing as a parent that you can do and actually, I think this goes for teachers as well, is modeling good behavior because your kids are picking up on all of those behaviors that you have. 
And as a teacher too, I mean, I remember one of the things that I really learned from one of my professors at RISD, love him to death, Nick Palermo, is he modeled such good behavior about how to work with an artist model. Because let's say you've never worked with an artist model before, and all of a sudden you have to work with one. I mean, I had no idea how to do that. And the thing is like watching him communicate with them and being very reasonable and describing what he wanted them to do. Like he had this whole system about how to work with them. It was very professional, it was very appropriate. And I know actually they used to put the new models in his classes because his class was almost like a training class for the new models. And every time I work with a model, I remember that, how he treated them with so much respect. And I know that I work with models like that because of him, because I saw that behavior. So I think it's the same thing with parenting that you have to show them that I have to be myself too, because they have to learn eventually that I can't be it for everyone. They have to be their own people eventually. Ginger says, I get guilt every time I go home for break from school. I always want to work on projects, but I feel like I should be spending more time with my family. Well, let's talk about that because you don't have to be a parent to think about your family in relation to your practice as an artist. I mean, one recent thing that I did when we were in Japan over the summer we all have different things we want to look at. And I had a couple days where I would just say, I'm going to the Tokyo National Museum by myself. Nobody can come. <laughs> Sometimes I feel guilty about that. But in retrospect, I don't think it is because number one, they don't want to go. Number two, I'll just be mad if I take them and they want to leave after 45 minutes when really I spent two whole days there by myself. And it ended up being a much better situation for everybody. So sometimes you can make things better by not being there. <laughs> or at least that's how I justify it to myself. I don't know. It's hard to say. This is very funny. So Jane's saying they really are more creative because of it. My kids draw a lot. I actually didn't draw much as a kid. It's so interesting because... Obviously, I have all this knowledge as an artist, but I never have pushed it on my kids, ever. But I did do two things. The first one is I gave them sketchbooks from when they were very young. As soon as they were drawing, I gave them sketchbooks. And it's funny because you get used to being around artists and you just think, oh, a sketchbook, yeah, that's a normal thing. But it's like most parents don't do that because unless you have that inclination as an artist or unless somebody tells you, about it. Most people probably don't do that. And so my younger kid who drew like crazy when she was a kid, she filled up just stacks of sketchbooks. And I have all of them. Big sketchbooks. I think we have like 20 that she filled as a child. And then the other thing I did is I just always had art supplies out. I mean, that, that's going to happen no matter what. <laughs> like I can't really not have art supplies around. But I would basically just give them supplies. Like I wouldn't tell them what to do with it and they would just have at it. And it's interesting because my younger kid is older now and she does beautiful drawings. I'm like, I didn't teach you a thing. It's like osmosis or something. I, I do think kids absorb that type of thing. 
And it's, it's really cool that they have an appreciation for art in a way that I think they probably wouldn't have if I wasn't an artist at all. Anna says, I don't feel like my art is for me alone. I make art to communicate with others. So I hope it reaches an audience because it does feel self-indulgent. I feel like I'm only making art for myself. Well, that's a really good point that a lot of the work we create is meant to be seen by others, to be experienced by others. But sometimes regardless of that, like in the moment, I'm like, me, 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 which I, I think to a certain degree, you have to be like that. If you're an artist, you have to have that degree of focus on what you're doing. 7A says, loss of momentum and train of thought happens all the time for all reasons. Life getting in the way of art, gosh darn. You know what I hate, you guys? This is my pet peeve, is when I'm like really into it. And I'm like, yes, it's that like wonderful moment of flow. And then... I look, I'm like, oh my God, I have to go pick up my kids in 10 minutes. And I'm just, oh, in pain because I'm finally at a spot where I'm doing something and I got to pick them up. I can't say no. <laughs> that really just kills me some days. Slate says, I'm married, but no kids. My husband is ill while this leaves time for art because we are always home there isn't much of anything else in our lives. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry to hear that, Slate. I mean, that is so, such an emotional toll on both of you. I'm I'm really sorry to hear about that. Karasu's asking, do you have any advice on being a parent and artist with mental illnesses? I think what's most important is having a support system in place. And of course, everybody's different. I'm just telling you guys what worked for me, okay? Which is oftentimes when I know that there's something I can turn to if something gets bad, that in itself is extremely important to me. Knowing that if that happens, I have something I can do. Whereas I think before I had that support system, I didn't have options. I didn't know what I would do. And that was a little scary because now that I have a support system in place, I know that if something happens, there are actionable steps. I know which steps to take in whatever situation. And I think that's very important. And I, I think you've, if you have children who have any sort of mental health issue or, or differences that they have, is as a parent to really understand the situation and do your research and support them as much as you possibly can. And it's hard having kids because sometimes you want so much to help them. I've seen my kids navigate things that are so difficult that I wish I could do it for them. I wish I could take their pain for them, experience it like that so they wouldn't have to. But the thing is, you can't. I mean, you cannot spare them from that pain and experience. And it, it's scary because you feel so helpless. You want so hard to help them. And yet sometimes you just really cannot know what it is to do. Pat says, I have 100 timers set on my phone. You too? <laughs> 
so that I don't forget things is the only way I remember over the course of the day. We forgot to pick up the kids from school one day, never again. Oh, I know. It's so, I used to work at this after school program. It was one of my first jobs after college. And it was an after school program. And the kids could get picked up anytime between three and six. And every single time, it was the same five kids who would get picked up at the very last minute. And it, it, I just felt so bad for them because they were there all day at school, eight o'clock to six o'clock. Some of them were kindergartners. I mean, I feel like an adult would have difficulty doing that. And they would just have to sit there and watch kids get picked up in front of them and always feel like they were the last ones. So yeah, it's really, really hard. This is true 7A, and I got to remember this. Time to yourself is necessary. It may feel selfish, but you will be a better person if you have that. Well, that's another lesson I learned as a parent. And I think this is true for anybody, even if you're not a parent, is that you can't help other people if you are not taking care of yourself. So I can't be a good parent if I am not taking care of myself enough that I can still do a good job. Because, I mean, self-care, why is it so much work? <laughs> Tell me in the chat. Who here thinks that self-care is too much work? <laughs> because I do it because now at my age, I'm in pain if I don't go to the gym. Like when I was younger, I used to exercise to oh, look good and be in shape. And now I'm like, I just want to not hurt. And so that's why I exercise now. <laughs> but oh my gosh, the self-care stuff, staying on top of not staying up till three, which I've been doing lately. And I know better than to do that, but I'm doing it, of course. It's really difficult to do that. Pat says, we used to watch Bob Ross with the kids to calm them down before bed. Now that they're a bit older, we say to James Curry. Oh my gosh, that is so great. I love that. <laughs> oh, I think James Gurney is brilliant painter. I think he's one of the best living painters today. I, I adore his work and the way he talks about just so many things that a lot of people don't talk about. For example, the fact that he has all those painting videos where he's sitting at a diner counter painting from life. I mean, I, I love that he does that. Amanda says, yes, continuity is so needed. I was great in 2024, but I had to put my dog down last week. Haven't picked up a tool to work on art since. I just haven't felt it. I'm so sorry, Amanda, for your loss. I think some of you guys might have heard on the live stream, but Pook passed away, I think about a month ago, and I still haven't gotten over it. I mean, you never really get over it, but... Pook passed away so suddenly and he was only two years old and it was really rough on us for that reason. And we have, well, this is a good point, Karasu. Feeling helpless is one of my biggest fears about becoming a parent. It's sort of unavoidable because life just gets really complicated, but I tell this to students as well. I think this is sort of a similar thing that I think what matters more 
instead of say getting something right or getting something fixed is to show that you're trying because, and, and I'd love to hear from students, recent students or anybody, if you think this is true. I think in a classroom, students care more that their teacher is trying than that their teacher is hitting it out of the ballpark because they, oh, they notice. <laughs> you know, I've had on course evaluations, people say such nice things. They would say things like, I could tell how much work Clara put into her presentations and she's just trying so hard to help us. And I really feel like it's sort of the same with kids that you just need to show them that you care and that you're trying. Because I think what's difficult is when they see that they could try, but they just don't. I think that's more difficult. And I think the same thing with teachers. You sort of feel sympathy when your teacher's not good at something, but you just want to see that they're making an effort. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of dead wood, which is in academia, professors who have tenure, they don't have to worry about getting fired and they just don't do anything. I mean, totally benign as teachers. And I think for a lot of students, it's extremely demoralizing because you basically are watching somebody who has given up and it, it really stinks. So you, you just want to know that, okay, my mom <laughs> did a really dumb thing, but she's trying so hard. <laughs> At least I hope that's what's going through their heads. Maybe I'm totally wrong. <laughs> this is great the way you just said it, Anna. The whole put on your oxygen mask first. Absolutely. Oh God, sleep. Don't even get me started with sleep. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm I'm the worst because I'm not a very good sleeper. And so I don't look forward to it the way that other people do. Like I was talking to Jordan once. And he's told me he can sleep anywhere. He's, he's like my spouse. He can just get out like a light and sleep like there's no tomorrow. And I'm just not one of those people. This is true, Ginger, because, you know, I didn't really grow up with pets. It wasn't really a thing with my family. And you, you don't think it's going to be. I mean, it's like guinea pigs. They're like these little balls of fluff. <laughs> I mean, how, how could you have so much compassion for a little ball of love? But I mean, when Poop passed away, we were devastated and it was just so awful. And when we've had pigs pass away, I mean, we're crying for days on end. Mr. O Universe says, I had an art program for K to 12 and it was doing well, but then parent schools and community centers weren't interested in it more. They preferred the sports and music programs. So sad. Oh gosh. I mean, it, it, it hurts me that when schools have budget problems, the first thing to go is the art class. And I just, ugh. there's so many kids for whom art class it's the only place where they feel safe, that they feel they can thrive. I, I was one of those kids. I wasn't especially academically strong and art was the only place I felt like myself. And I know that's the case for a lot of kids that sometimes they struggle really hard in one class. And sometimes art is the one thing that boosts their self-esteem, which is extremely important when you are younger. Yeah, <sighs> adulting is so boring, you guys. It's just life is so boring. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, this is true, 7A. 
not only would seeing a professor not care be demoralizing, it would be infuriating, like I'm paying for this. It's such a hit or miss thing. I mean, even at the most prestigious schools, you will find that this is a problem. So it's really, really frustrating. Anna says, I have chronic insomnia and sleep is constantly eluding me. I feel like a good night's sleep is like a birthday present. I am not exaggerating, you guys, that I really feel like I can remember one time in the past 10 years that I slept extremely well. Like I remember it so clearly because it never happens. <laughs> and of course my spouse is like Jordan, just like out like a light, sleeps great. And I just like, I want to kill you. So. <laughs> but you know, it's funny, this stream was all about parenting, but I, I think maybe what we touched upon is more what it's like being an artist and just trying to be a person. <laughs> I know that sounds really, really weird, but being an artist, it really is almost like a calling in a way. Or, or for me, I think sometimes being an artist is almost a compulsion. For example, I, I often wonder if what I do as an artist is compulsion <laughs> or if it's passion because I feel like there's such a fine line between those things. And I find that really, really difficult because I can't not do it. It's really difficult, but I've had periods in my life where I couldn't do it. And actually another time when I took a very long break, when I wasn't having kids was, I think it was in 2016. Oh, no, it was in 2014. Actually, it's the year I started Art Prof, the first time I had an idea for Art Prof. And I had just had these two solo exhibitions that were an immense amount of work. And I was just so frustrated because I felt like the shows were so much work and I didn't really get much out of it career-wise. And I, I was just miserable. And so after that happened, I thought, I'm not going to do this for a little while. I hate this. And that's a terrible feeling. If you're an artist and you feel like you just hate it, it's not good. So I decided to step away and I told myself, you know what, I'm not gonna do this again until it's fun. And you know, it took me two years to get there. And it was back in 2016 when I finally started making work again. So I took a good solid two years off from my studio practice because I couldn't do it. So oftentimes it's not family stuff. Sometimes it's just, you're just exhausted as an artist after all that time. Zucchini says, not a parent, but looking into grad school to be a pathologist assistant, yet I loved art since I was a kid. Is it feasible to also want a semi-successful painting career on the side in the future? I think it depends on what type of painter you want to be and what is the best fit for you, because people have very different definitions of what that could be. I mean, some people, say, oh, if I'm not in a gallery, I'm not successful. Or the people say, you know what? I just want to sell online. And if I sell a couple pieces, that's great. Other people say, I just want to make paintings. And so what I would think about is what's important to you? Because sometimes we end up chasing other people's goals. I did that for years and years. I was told by academia what I was supposed to do. And in retrospect, it didn't align very well with me in terms of my personality 
because I, I'm just not good at acting all high and mighty and I'm not good at schmoozing and who talking to the, I, I'm so, so bad at that. And a lot of the gallery world demands that you do stuff like that and I just can't. So sometimes it takes a little while and that's okay. And Karasu says, art was my mistake. I was only, not mistake, escape. I'm sorry. <laughs> art was my escape. I was only allowed to take two art classes in high school due to my autism and quote, needing to focus on academics. My state got rid of fine arts credit requirements after I graduated. Oh, that is just so heartbreaking. I'm so, I, I, so many stories like that. Kids in similar situations, really, really struggling. And Jane says, my kids have helped me embrace happy accidents in my art. One time, my daughter put her fingers through a paintboard. I had just finished, but the fix I came up with was better than the original. Oh, cool. I can't say my kids have done that recently, but that's a really, really good one. <laughs> Guess what, everybody? We got a new program that I am announcing today. We have this new thing called Open Studios Club. I'm really excited about this. A lot of people have asked us for this and we have finally found a place where this can belong in our programming. So this is basically twice a week, we will have two hour Open Studios sessions. Some of you guys have taken workshops with me before. So it's the similar format, people on voice, people sharing their work, but you do all your own projects. The workshops have very specific topics. And I give you guys assignments and resources. Open Studios is basically what I miss, which is when I was in art school, you would just go to the studio, you would hang out, everybody did different things. You didn't have to critique anything, but you'd come over and chat and see each other's work and everything. And I was hoping that we could create a virtual version of that where people can have a, a super casual laid back time to chat on voice, share their work. So it's basically like a super chill <laughs> workshop with no topic and you work on your own personal projects because I love that part of it. As much as I like instructing specific things, I do also really like seeing people's personal projects. And if you guys are in the Patreon group, we're gonna give you two free sessions before February 9th. So think about it. I'll be posting more information about this. This is the very first public announcement, but I think a lot of you guys might really enjoy participating in this. We have lots of options. Like if you just wanna do one session, you can. If you wanna do two a month, lots of different things. So I'll post that link in the Discord because we are going to be in the Discord. I just can't find the slide. There it is. <laughs> Join me in the Discord. We are going to have a chat. Please meet me in post live stream so we can chat about all kinds of things. Join our Patreon group because then you get two free sessions of Open Studios where you can share your art in weekly voice sessions, get support and critiques from me, and find support in a small group of artists. Huge shout out to our amazing top Patreon supporters. You guys are so loyal and incredible. Art Prof is a podcast. It's available on Spotify and also on iTunes. And look, it's Pom Pom on the left and it is Gumby on the right. They are the two guinea pig babies 
that we got after Pook passed away. And they're so tiny, you guys. Gumby only weighs 13 ounces. He's so funny. And I don't know what's going on with Pom Pom's hair, but you guys will be hearing more from them in a little bit. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye.